0: out of my face. let tell you about that. You have not Yeah, now, me, luckily, me. it's underneath my beard. But
1: you, you ever, I I had skin
0: tags when I was younger on my legs. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, yeah, it's like it was part of my body back then. It looked like the landscape of some strange alien planet. Mm. And now I've got one growing out of my chin. It's masked by my beard. Otherwise, I'd look like a hag in, a, in the Middle Ages.
1: <laughs> uh, have you been to the doctors about it? I
0: don't know. I thought I should just like hit it with the Bible or something. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah, sure, that will do the trick. Actually, that's brought
0: back. chamber I had you, you've you've known me such a long time. You've you've seen some strange growths and ailments and things. Many. Do you remember, I had a ganglion once. Of
1: course. Yeah, and that's what you're supposed to hit with the Bible, aren't you? Yeah, and
0: it's people are very specific. You have to hit it with the Bible, mm,
1: not not the yellow pages or whatever. No, no,
0: that no, can't be the Koran. The no. Torah it has to be. That's what, I don't know about the Torah. I mean, it's sort of a half a Bible, isn't it? Mm. But anyway, um, so I don't know what I'm going to have to do now. Tie some dental floss around. I don't know what you do with these things. <laughs> Freeze it off with liquid nitrogen. Yeah, yeah,
1: that. I think you have to do that. Where
0: would you get liquid nitrogen from then?
1: Mm. I've
0: got an idea. Mm. I could form a band, go on top of the pops, and then some of the dry ice I could use. Because that's what liquid nitrogen <laughs> yeah, is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Good, we've sorted that mm. out. Um, how was your Valentine's Day?
1: It was very poor. Very poor. Didn't get a card until I insisted upon one, and then he made one very quickly. Didn't get a present until I insisted upon one, and he went out to buy one, and that was it.
0: We didn't really do anything. I was working during the day. Sarah's working in the evening. Um, I, yeah, I got her a, a box of chocolates and a card.
1: Very nice. Did she have to ask for it? No. No, no, no she no. Didn't. no, they were even better. <laughs> Although,
0: you see, you are the only other person I've talked to about this mm. who even acknowledges Valentine's Day. I've had the impression from a few different people it's sort of babyish, to acknowledge Valentine's Day. Oh,
1: so really I'm the babyish one and and Tom was right all along. I wonder if it's an really?
0: age thing because oh. uh, some some of the people I work with on the other podcast they yeah. they couldn't understand why I was a little resentful about spending my day with them and not having a nice Valentine's Day with my wife because they they, they don't do it. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's as big this a thing.
1: is news to me. Okay, and your
0: lover Tom is of the younger generation. Slightly, so maybe, slightly, maybe slightly it's yeah. that. Yeah, oh. I mean, is he is he technically the same generation as you? I don't think. He I don't is, think so. No. no. Um, so, because Sarah was away uh, working in the evening, and I know what you're supposed to do on Valentine's Day. You're supposed to be you're the secret valentine the secret admirer
1: right right so yeah it's supposed to be secret isn't it yeah Yeah.
0: so so but i couldn't because she was working away i couldn't have a card delivered where she was working i couldn't quite work out the logistics of that but i still wanted to be the mystery valentine Mm. so what i did was i called her from an unknown number Mm. and then obviously i didn't speak Because she would get me from my voice. I'm not good at disguising my voice like you are. (laughs) But then I didn't want to think it was just a dead line. Right. So what I did is I called her and then I just made sure that I breathed (laughs) quite heavily so she could tell there was somebody on the line. I thought that was quite romantic. (laughs)
1: That's the most retro thing I've ever heard. Heavy. When was the last time that anyone had? I think with social media, people don't need to do that anymore, do they? Heavy breathing down the phone. In a way, I sort of miss it. I don't, but it does. Even
0: though it was gross that people used to do that, it does seem sort of sweet. Like it's from a more innocent age. It's of a
1: time, isn't it? It never happens anymore. It's really out of fashion.
0: Let's see how our drifters have been faring. If you've got a story for us, by the way, about your own failed interactions, trying and failing to get it right, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: This is from Anon. A bit of backstory. I work in a small family-owned shop and sometimes we have to take car payments over the phone because some people order large items for collection and will call up to pay a deposit first. As a drifter, this fills me with dread for several reasons. I'm always stressed by phone calls as I'm so socially awkward. I always manage to mess it up somehow. My hearing is absolutely terrible and it's always a struggle to hear what people are saying over the phone. To top it all off, when taking a car payment, we have to type so many details into the machine. Long card number, expiration date, CVV, house number, postcode, that there is a very high chance I won't hear something correctly. Yes, yes, yes. On the day that still fills me with deep shame and regret I was given the task of taking a £13 deposit from a customer over the phone. I look desperately around but no one else is free. Sighing inwardly I pick up the card machine and call the customer. The conversation starts off just fine. Hi I'm calling to take the £13 deposit can I please take your long card number? immediately goes downhill as i struggle over a poor connection to correctly decipher the 12 digits i type them in as best i can followed by the expiry date cvv code house number and postcode i wait for the payment to go through and what do i see payment rejected Uh. oh god i have to tell the customer that the payment didn't go through but that it's my fault due to typing something in wrong and they'll have to give me all of the information again at this point, he is already noticeably annoyed and starts telling me the long card number before I'm ready. Of course, I can't possibly tell him to wait a second, so I quickly scramble to type the card number in again through rising panic. Eventually, I type in all the details, wait for the payment to go through, and what a surprise, payment rejected. At this point, I'm too scared of the annoyed customer to tell him again that the payment didn't go through, so instead I say, perfect, yep, yeah, that went through, that's all done for you, thanks, bye. Bye. I now enter full-blown panic mode. I can't put the payment through the till to get a receipt from my manager because the payment didn't happen and the till will be £13 down at the end of the day. I have to print a receipt because my manager will know if I don't. What do I do? What I actually choose to do next, in the midst of a breakdown, will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> while still holding the card machine and hoping no one would need to use it in the next couple of minutes... I ran out the back to where my stuff was, got my oh, own oh. credit card out of my bag and put the payment through myself with my own money. I put the payment through the till, gave my manager the receipt and pretended nothing ever happened. Usually we take much larger payments over the phone. What would I have done if the payment had been for £100? I hate to think. Maybe I would have just run away. Anyway, the memory still haunts me, especially every time I open my credit card app and see that thirteen pound <laughs> transaction sitting there, staring at me. The shame.
0: I do think that's what I would have done in the same situation. And
1: me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think we all would have done yes, that. So really, yeah. yeah. Okay, and this one. I used really- to
0: hate taking credit card. I tell you, I, when I worked in a shop, I used to love the credit card machine because cause it was before the ones which would dial up themselves and use your chip and pen. Mm. It was. Um, it's a big clunky thing that you put a credit card into. Oh, yeah. Then you put some sort of Xerox paper and then go clunk, clunk. Mm-hmm. I felt very powerful when I did it, but we weren 't allowed to take transactions uh, for anything over thirty pounds without ringing and getting authorized oh right, so then have to ring up a credit card company no. on a Saturday and be on hold for ages oh God. Loads of, it's I tell you that is very anxiety producing when you work in, in a shop and the queue is building up
1: yeah yeah, yeah. that sounds very stressful yeah
0: Any, anyway sorry
1: in the in the early when we did the radio show and like a long time ago, one of my jobs would be to take down the details of anyone in a competition. Mm-hmm. You have to take their address and their phone number. And this is going back to when mobile phones were kind of new. Nobody ever knew their own phone number. Oh, right. I'd yeah, always yeah, say, watch yeah. number, they go, well, I don't know, never ring it. <laughs> and that's of its time, isn't it? I think yeah. people t- tend to know their own mobile yeah. phone numbers, but yeah. no one ever did then. It used to drive me mad. Okay, this is from Carl. I'd like to share my drifter story for your consideration. I've been married for 19 years now, but this incident occurred in year one of our marriage. My wife has family in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and we booked a trip to visit the various family members to allow them to meet me. The day we arrived, we headed straight over to one of my wife's aunt and uncle's house, where we'd be spending a few days. This was the first time I met this particular aunt and uncle, and they were lovely, very welcoming, and made sure to make me feel at home. They showed us to our room and gave us a tour of the house. After a meal, my wife and I felt tired and decided an early night to sleep off the jet lag. I'm not a great traveller, and something about long-haul flights always upsets my stomach, so I had the urgent need to visit the bathroom. Our bedroom was not en suite, so I had to use a shared bathroom in the hallway. I hastily made my way there. After concluding business in the bathroom, I was alarmed (laughs) to discover... That, when flushing the lavatory, the water level filled near to the brim. Uh. This is when panic began to set in. Here I was, in my wife's family's house, trying to make a good first impression, and I blocked the toilet with no toilet brush in sight. I had no choice but to fetch my wife from the bedroom to come and assess the situation. My wife stood in the bathroom with her head in her hands, also beginning to panic when she remembered we had a Tesco carrier bag in our suitcase, <coughs> which she hastily retrieved. Her plan was to insert my arm into the carrier bag, much like a vet preparing to inspect a cow, and for me to manually remove the blockage. Indeed, this is what happened. I found myself on one knee with a Tesco carrier bag on my arm, and my arm making its way around the U-bend with my young wife watching on with concern. The plan was successful and the water level returned to normal levels. I subsequently discovered the Tesco carrier bag had a hole. So we had to to discreetly dispose of the carrier bag in the family's garbage outside. How do you do that? (laughs) I've been back to the family's house many times over the years and I'm still haunted by what could have been a far worse situation if it wasn't for my wife's quick thinking and a Tesco carrier bag.
0: See, if you'd have only had like some kind of reusable canvas bag or a bag for life, you'd have been in trouble there. Sometimes it's good to have a single-use plastic to hand. Send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. Are we going to have a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult?
1: Part 15. Wow. Yeah. Things that make me feel so much that my heart hurts, even though I'm not convinced they're having any effect on most other people. I mean, I could speak for the rest of my life about these kind of things, but if we've not got time. So I'll just do the ones that struck me over the past week. Great. I suspect there will be a part two of this at some point. Great. Okay, number one. When I'm at the till in the supermarket, I always stare at what everyone else is buying. Not because I'm nosy, but because I like to judge people based on what they eat. We all do that, don't Mm, we? Yeah, of course. yeah. Yeah, And the thing that stops my judging and starts making my heart hurt is if the person I'm watching is buying too many of the exact same thing. <laughs> Kills me. Eight packets of Jacob's cream crackers, my heart clinches with pain. What what is it <laughs> that's going on? I don't know. I think it's something about them liking one thing too much. Like they're probably just taking advantage of a special offer. But it makes me feel very emotional.
0: You wouldn't like to see me with these particular um, bags (laughs) bags of frozen Brussels sprouts (laughs) that I've been buying.
1: It's heartbreaking, like 15 tins of high tomato soup. Like I am welling (laughs) up. I saw an old lady last week. She was buying, amongst other things, three huge whole roast-in-the-bag ducks. Oh, my God. Internally, I was a mess because I was pitching her trying and failing to squash two of them into a little freezer compartment of her fridge (laughs) and then ending up putting them in a bath with ice cubes and turning the heater off for the next two months. Like, it was terrible. I can't handle it. Number two, there's a double-decker bus that I sometimes see on the roads near my house and it's the training bus. I know that because it's a sign on it saying driver in training. Whenever I see it, I look up as on the top deck at the front, weighted in front of the window is a giant teddy bear. And I don't know why it's there, who puts it there, but I see it and my heart hurts. I'm fine with dollies and teddies tied to lorries and I really shouldn't be as they often look very weathered and like they're not having much of a good time. By contrast, this teddy is in excellent health and has got a prime spot. Like it's probably having a great time. So it's, it's like the passenger. Yeah, you were at the very top but he's but he's like, he's pushed up against the window he's not sitting on a right, seat. He's right. like tied to the window somehow, he's mm, wedged in. Mm. Oh, it kills me. It makes me so. It really makes me sad. Number three, yeah. I mentioned last week a supposedly tear-joking moment on Kirsty and Phil's love it or list it that left me cold. Yes. Well, this week I was watching an episode of George Clark's old house, new home, mm. and he was in a Victorian mansion block apartment, and there was a border of floral tiles in the kitchen, going all around the kitchen, but two tiles have fallen off, and the way the previous owner had dealt with it was to paint the now bare two bits of wall to look like the other tiles they put so much effort into him, but they were no artists. And even if they had been, it would have been obvious. Honestly, it broke my heart about as much as my divorce did.
0: <laughs> did it remind you of that woman who tried to repair that fresco in that yes. Italian church? Yes.
1: yes. But I could see too clearly the person... They're an elderly person in my head. Trying to track down in person, not on the internet, in person, like trudging around all the different tile shops. They're trying to find the same tiles to replace the other ones with, but they couldn't find them. So they're spending hours doing it themselves. Then they say to themselves quietly, well, that'll have to do, I suppose. Oh, stop stop it. It's too much. Number four, hummus that is too garlicky same with truffle oil anything that's too earthy it's like a hand crushing my heart and squeezing out all my partner's appointments and sending them trickling down inside of me can't handle it
0: hang on this one i'm a bit lost on right how i don't understand the connection between the emotion yeah. and something being too truffly you
1: no know, it's just the, t- the it just makes me feel sad the t- the flavor the flavor makes me just that you, you can't relate to this at all, Hang not on. in any way. <laughs>
0: There's a you, you're sensing a melancholia in an excess of truffle oil. In, is it any flavor or just
1: no, no? It's um, no it,
0: garlic or truffle oil. No,
1: the, I, these I'm giving you two examples: hummus is too garlicky, yeah, and the same with truffle oil. And I suppose not. That I eat many things that are earthy, because I don't really like it. But anything that's very earthy, it just it just makes me feel sad.
0: Yeah, this I've been with you on or to a greater or lesser extent on okay, the other one. right, I'm
1: alone on this one. Okay, I think I might have you with the last one then, okay. number five. Picture in your head a bit of toilet roll used as a tissue to blow someone's nose. Yes. Then imagine it being used for that purpose for over a week so it's in a sorry state. Yes. Now see it poking out of an old lady's sleeve. Oh,
0: stop it. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I'm worried I've just hurt everyone's heart so much that everyone listening is now depressed. (laughs) Forget I said any of that. Let's not just think about roll and for a bit instead. Yeah,
0: and go go and eat some hummus. Cheer yourself up. Feeling a little bit bad about something that happened earlier on. on. So I was filling in on the afternoon programme on BBC Radio 5 Live Mm. and it was going okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying it was going to win any awards, but I was there to fill a gap while somebody was on a day off and I think I was doing an okay job of filling the gap. And then all of a sudden I got this terrible cramp in my leg Oof. and I started going, ow, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I know this isn't very professional, but I've got a cramp in my leg and it's really hurting me and it's, it's, it's everything I can do not to yelp out loud and start shrieking.
1: Well, cramp is really painful.
0: It is, but then I was thinking, you know, I'm on the BBC, this (laughs) worldwide beacon of quality broadcasting, and thinking Mm. about some of the people who've been on there over the years. Mm. You know, people like David Attenborough, or people reporting from War Zones, Kate or whatever. (laughs) They're not going, oh, hang on a minute, I've got cramp. And you hear of people in that situation mm. where they're broadcasting on air yeah. and then something bad physically happens to them just being incredibly stoic and then soldiering on and then they'll go on a chat show and talk about it but <laughs> you know nobody would have ever known but I was whereas I was the second it started cramping it's like oh, oh can somebody get me a glass of water I mean it was yeah I have
1: to say I've never in all the years I've listened to the BBC I have never heard anyone say oh I've got cramp at the moment no no, no. And and
0: it's their sort of speech and it's it's a kind of news it was more of an entertainment show i was doing but i was mm. also talking to their correspondents who were out in these flooded areas because we've had these oh, bad God. storms in the country and stuff and there's me going oh i've got cramp what's wrong with me mm, mm, mm. it's not good is it no no okay <laughs> well, at least i know that i'm, <laughs> I'm in not way, worrying in an you're, unjustif- being,
1: you're being honest maybe they appreciated you no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't carry on carry
0: on um okay let's move on from that then I'm going to try and squeeze it out of my mind Squash it down Mm -mm. Squash it down with another memory That'll make me cringe for years to come Um, Talk to me about the Patreon video
1: Ah yes So I got an update on this This morning Mm -hmm. It's taken me a few days to pluck up the courage Mm -hmm. To ask Tom Let's not forget he's working on this pro bono (laughs) pro bono He is
0: pro bono bono. So
1: I said Tom I said, Tom, um, just out of interest, I know you're doing this pro bono, but when do you think we can have the Patreon video? He said pretty much straight away, oh, yeah, I'll I'll do it this week. Okay. So he said this week, I do want everyone to bear in mind that he once did a wedding video pro bono and they got it two years later. Mm. But I'm, I'm there on a daily basis to put the pressure on. So if, if it hasn't, it doesn't look like he's done it by Friday. I will mention it again, and I'm okay. hoping that it will be done. I have better news about it next week
0: because it was you, you were fairly confident last week it would be done by this week.
1: Oh, is that what I said? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying that.
0: So, I mean, have you got techniques for turning up the screws on him a little bit? None, none,
1: no, none.
0: Why isn't he terrified of you? Yeah,
1: I want to know that. I think, I feel like he should be scared of me and he's not. Yeah, I think he should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you got any advice on how I can turn the screws on him? What would you do? I'd
0: I'd maybe be passive aggressive about the Valentine's situation Mm. and say all I really wanted for Valentine's Day was for you to edit that video pro bono. (laughs)
1: Shall I ask for it for my birthday as an early birthday present? Is that too desperate?
0: Well, your birthday's still a month away, and we mm. did promise that people would have it today. Right, God, okay. But, but I think like anybody who's listened to us talk about these things with any regularity, nobody was expecting it. Today. No, no,
1: no, no. So no, at least no. there's that. <laughs> when I said that last week, I would have said it knowing that no one would be expecting it. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yes, but it is coming soon.
1: i I'm, I'm I'm hopeful, and you can quote me on this next week. I'm hopeful that I'll have better news next week. Okay.
0: Um, Do support us on Patreon if you want to see this. I think it's going to be good. Mm -mm. Patreon.com stroke adrift.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: Guess what I'm doing this weekend Oh no what Going to a four year old's birthday party Guess what I did last weekend
1: Went to a four year old's birthday party Guess what I'm doing the weekend after this You're joking Oh wow it's really kicking off What month are we in? Uh, January, February, (laughs) February Yeah yeah Wow what's going on?
0: I don't know but it's really not good I just can't Do you have to go? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I think Sarah's not around. No. So I, it's, it falls on my shoulders. We went to the last one together. And honestly, I am like a social stink bomb. <laughs> she is usually socially competent. Mm. And yet, yeah, these things, when I'm with her, she becomes as awkward as I am. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I just can't connect with people. Nobody. The, the, the last one we went to, I felt like I was this weird looking little troll in a room full of successful tall people and either that I was invisible to them or it was like "Ooh, I would I want to talk to that funny little creature
1: <laughs> don't you find that at these things there is you've all got one thing in common with each other so you can just no, talk about that no, there isn't no, even no. that.
0: but what am I supposed to do like go over to another parent and say hey what about these kids yeah I suppose it's just awful yeah. I'm thinking of becoming one of these deadbeat dads who goes on the run
1: on the run where?
0: You know, so that I wouldn't have to go. Maybe I'd become an absentee father so that I but didn't have to go. Where would you go, to, go? I don't know, the forest, the
1: woods? <laughs> you've not thought this through. But
0: isn't there a government agency that tracks deadbeat dads down <laughs> and then hands them, a, a, not a writ, but invitations right. to birthday parties? <laughs> I
1: don't think so. I think oh, you're God. safe from that. I can, so I can tell you've, you've pictured it all very clearly, though. <laughs> hey, let me ask
0: you this question now. Somebody sent me a GIF earlier on, mm. and it was a, a GIF. Do you say GIF or Jif? I don't know. I think it was a GIF. I don't, I don't like them. Do you not use them? No. Here's an interesting thing, though. You never used to use emoji, and then you went mad on them. Oh, I love, I love an emoji, yeah. Do you not think that you'll have a similar GIF never. moment?
1: No, I'm not a video person, am I? This is
0: true. No. <laughs> Somebody sent me a GIF. I don't really use them either. No. Of... Um, Joey from Friends I've never seen the full episode of Friends but I know who the characters are okay, you if, if you
1: just said to me what's the gif of I'd have gone I don't know is it Joey from Friends they're always <laughs> Joey from Friends anyway go on
0: Like using some chips chopsticks and then the, the letters were flashing up How are you doing? Do I have to reply to it?
1: Are they asking how are you?
0: What, do you not think that in itself is a weird thing to text somebody? How are you? Yeah, I
1: just like touching base, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but with minimal effort. Mm. It's real minimal effort. To send me a GIF of a character from a TV show. Don't watch with how you doing, and now I've got to think up a proper answer. <laughs> All they did was so maybe I could no, give them back.
1: Give them back the same one. How are you doing?
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, glad I brought this up. Mm. Glad we, uh, glad I asked. Um, what else did I want to mention? <laughs> Some real gold here. <laughs> I'm rattling through. Oh, do you know what the worst thing in the world is? Apart from going to children's birthday parties and people send you unsolicited gifts. Oh, so well. Subject lines and emails. Why are we still mm. having to come up with subject lines and emails? Very tricky. The pressure. Yeah, it's really. I feel stressing. like I can write an email. I can write a good email, mm. but then uh, giving it a good little title, a snappy
1: little title. Do you ever resort to? And I hate myself doing this. Just like hello. I hate yes, myself doing yeah. that. I just think but it's then really lame But the first lame. word of my email is hello. Like, it's really late.
0: It's, so, so, like, if I send somebody a letter, I don't write on the outside of the envelope <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have to have that in an email? <laughs> I can keep going if you want. Go on. When do I have to accept that I need to change the print size on my phone, the text size on my phone?
1: Oh, really? Have you done it? No, not yet. I didn't know I could. Yeah. I probably I t- can't on my phone.
0: <laughs> so the only p- you know, so I I see people of a similar age and older uh on public transport and they've got the text set to larger, but I feel that it's like when I had to go to vary vocals. It's just a stage of life. You think, oh. okay, there's no going back from here. Or otherwise, the only other time you see big text on a phone is if the phone is in a TV show or a film and the camera needs to be able to read what's on there. Oh, yeah, People yeah. have it set way too big. Just
1: imagine you're always in a film then. It'd be nice.
0: Maybe I should do uh, a docu-soap.
1: A docu-soap about you? Like the Kardashians, <laughs> but about me. I'd love to see it. really would. <laughs> it would be so dull.
0: Now, you've just told me something a little alarming. Mm. That we're, we're quite low on quandaries for Quandary Corner.
1: Yeah, usually I feel like I've got a you know, big case full. Um, it's got a little lighter of late. So uh, so we could do with some more. Yeah, it'd be nice.
0: So do you think the problem is mm. we have got less good at solving the quandaries and people oh. are thinking they're not great at solving this, they call it mm. Quandary Corner, but they're not mm. great at resolving these. Or do you think that we've resolved most situations? And if you were to go through all the episodes with Quandary Corner in it, you'd be able to come up with some kind of rule stroke etiquette book for modern life.
1: Wow. Well, that's that's nice. I mean, you say that, but our advice would be so terrible that it wouldn't be a great rule for life. I don't yeah. know.
0: The port principle is pretty strong. Yeah. Port yeah. protocol is yeah, pretty strong, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so Annabelle was saying we we, we need more. Mm. So if you have a social situation... For which you need to know the rules, then do email us, and we're going to do the special as well, aren't we? The restaurants, yeah, we need some restaurant ones. Has that not really taken off?
1: You say not really taken off. I'd say that it hasn't taken off. Nobody's emailed because we have
0: uh, a, a very accomplished mm. person who has worked in the service industry, years of experience, ready to give us. Uh, the the inside track on this, mm, mm. and we said, just give us your restaurant quandaries, yeah, and, and we will get the professional to answer them. Any questions? But sadly, there's not been much take up F- on a bit flat,
1: but you know, maybe people are a bit behind. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Yep, yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, hello at adriftpodcast.com. So,
1: do we have a quandary or two for this week? Yes, we have two. Yes, we have two. So, the first one is from Mo. Okay, this problem is eating away at me. I got a three-month subscription for cocktails. Excellent, I thought. However, they never turned up. I turned my indignant fire on the supplier, only to discover that I gave them the wrong address. I'm on the ground floor, flat A, and I accidentally dropped the A when ordering. I am Mm. a fool. Mm. But then I realised this meant my upstairs neighbours probably got my booze. They feigned ignorance when we asked if they had any of our packages. So how do we confront them and make them feel embarrassed about being dirty filthy thieves? Our only passive aggressive way of fighting back is no longer keeping back keeping deliveries for them while they're out. Or when their Uber Eats comes to our door by mistake, we'll keep the food. <laughs> we want them to feel shame, damn it. How do we do that?
0: Well, I think you're on a sticky wicket keeping the food. I think you need to turn it away because I think th- there would be a trail of evidence leading to your door with something like Uber Eats yeah. where it's all tracked on a computer. I, I, I've mentioned before I had a similar situation with a very expensive toaster once. Mm, yes. A Duelit bagel toaster yes, where their records could see because I think… Uh, the the package had a microchip in it for tracking purposes, they could see it was within sort of a 50-metre radius of my house. So somebody had taken it and then chosen not to tell us. Now, it's possible that um, they were waiting for us to come and knock on the door and collect it.
1: Oh, that is no excuse. Well, no, but... Because after a while, you just come and bring it around. Yes, but,
0: you know, this is not what has happened with this booze.
1: No, they've stolen it.
0: Well, that's certainly what it looks like.
1: Yeah. So how do you deal with it? Confronting? Terrifying? Mm. Anything passive-aggressive?
0: Why don't you make a package that looks like the booze box and put in it some anthrax?
1: (laughs) Yes. No.
0: <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I didn't mean that. I don't think you should poison your Maybe neighbors. Maybe something a bit friends. more
1: gentle than that. Maybe it could be
0: <sighs> what we get you, you, you something
1: you, you... Oh, I know. A glitter explosion because that's really annoying.
0: Yeah, I mean it seems a little bit mild.
1: I think it's a good idea. So you send something round to them that's for you, same thing with you, but with the A dropped off. Mm. And they open it up and it's a glitter explosion and it goes all over the house. Is there anything a bit more annoying
0: than a glitter explosion? What?
1: It's more annoying than a glitter explosion? Yeah. So annoying.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. There you, there you go.
1: I mean, sorry, we're at two ends of the scale here. Anthrax and glitter explosion. <laughs> and you want mine to be a bit more anthraxy, is it? What about glitter explosion with a few particles of anthrax? Is that what you mean? <laughs> Okay,
0: okay, so that's that's that sorted. I think. So but
1: we're saying revenge is anyway. Revenge I think revenge the...
0: or some kind of trap. Trap. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be the most satisfying to trap them. Yeah. And then you both know.
0: System of hidden cameras, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay, we'll leave that. Over to, we'll leave that with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, you could you could send the box mm. and just put inside it underneath all the glitter and anthrax mm. a note saying. I know what you've been up to. That's creepy. Yeah. it's
1: creepy and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Ali. Recently, I went for a blood test. When you do this, it is customary for you to take a ticket and wait for your number to be called. Mm. On this particular occasion, there was a gentleman in front of me who must have yanked a bit too hard on the machine and ended up taking three tickets before sitting down. I then took my one ticket and a seat. At this point, the guy in front of me realises a mistake and hands his two spare tickets to the next two people that come in. Given that they have a lower numbered ticket than me, I have now, through no fault of my own, been bumped down two places in the queue. Keep in mind, there is no way the guy in front didn't see me come in behind him as it's a small waiting room and I'm a large man. I was, of course, seething. My mind raced through all the possible ways I could respond from tutting loudly all the way to... (laughs) anthrax (laughs) to genetically engineering a pack of velociraptors (laughs) to hunt this man down as a drifter i obviously did nothing but what should i have done oh i'm a real cy girl yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i really think there's no good way of dealing with this there's unless you're a very different kind of person Mm which you're not, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you were a certain type of person. Maybe my mother-in-law, for example, you would say, as he's handing out the tickets, say, oh, actually, why don't I give them my ticket? Because I think I was an exit. But nobody who listens oh, no. to this podcast apart from my mother-in-law would be capable of that kind of interaction. No way, so, no way. Yeah, tutting.
1: Tut and sigh. I mean, yeah. instinctively, I think, is there a way of uh, tipping off the person giving the injections and um, the blood tests, I mean... If they could do it a bit like a bit jabbily. <laughs> Tom once had a blood test where his whole arm went black because they did it so badly. They did
0: it so jabbily.
1: Yeah, they they really did it jabbily. And yeah, he got a whole black arm. And I wonder who he'd annoyed that day. Do you know what Mm. I mean? So it can be done. It's
0: the only place you really see those little tickets these days, isn't it? You used to get them at deli counters. But you don't really see them so much anymore. Is that their
1: only market? Sad, isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, We wouldn't want to do anything to jeopardise the people who make the Because that
1: then be they'd be destitute. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that making your heart hurt a little bit, or is it? I mean, it's no garlicky hummus.
1: (laughs) Very garlicky hummus.
0: And that was our podcast. At this point, I never know how long the podcast has been exactly because we have to put all the bits together after we finish. I think it's been short but sweet this week because of my cramp.
1: Oh, your cramp. had a
0: very rough day with my cramp and stuff. But thank you for listening. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. So we need stories from you, please. Uh, And we also... Need quandaries for Quandary Corner. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com, and oh, that'll have to do, I suppose.